Today is uh, the day, this time of year, uh, where we, uh, some of us lie about what our favorite things are so that we don't have to give up what our actual favorite things are, right? Like I'm totally giving up liver and onions and cookies with raisins in them. And it's going to be tough, but I will uh, sacrifice myself to give those things up. But if you're not into lying, that's okay. Some of us uh, give up things that, um, things like chocolate, right, which is kind of a bummer since it's Valentine's Day for people who are wanting to give up chocolate uh, to start on Valentine's Day. Um, it, we give up something as a means of denying ourselves, usually something that's a, a guilty pleasure or a, a sweet pleasure, but we we give it up uh, thinking that that's uh, what we need to do. Only the thing is, most of the time we have every intention of having whatever it is we've given up on hand for as soon as we've said Christ is risen, right? Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Now let's go get a chocolate donut with chocolate sprinkles and chocolate milk to wash it down, right? We give things up not with any great intention of letting it transform us, but as a way of checking off a box or making us feel like we've done something, maybe a test for our, ourselves to see if we can actually live without whatever it is we're trying to give up. But if that's what we are doing, then we're really missing the whole point, kind of like this guy, right? It says Jeff gives it up for Lent, right? <laughs> Woohoo, Lent, right? We're missing the whole point. I'm going to suggest that Giving something up really is the key, actually, to our spiritual formation, but it might not be what you think. Then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. It's not just giving up anything. It's giving up everything. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, we're hungry for this time, and yet there's a part of us that doesn't really want to be here. So we pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us, your mercy, your love that we would allow it to take hold of us and transform us, that we would enter into this season of Lent, willing to give up whatever it is that gets in our way of living fully in your grace. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So what we have to give up is our self, our very life, not as a punishment, you know, I, I, people talk about Lent sometimes, like they have to give up whatever it is they're giving up, as, almost as if it's a punishment. But, but giving up our life to find our life is not about punishment or fear. It's really about finding life in God's love. It's really about a surrender of ourselves into the depth of God's love. Surrendering who we see ourselves to be into who God sees us to be. Surrendering who the world says we are into the image of God into which we are created. Having life 
in the world is not the same thing as living life in Christ. In the world, life, having, having a life in the world often is equated with success and achievement, with having power or being in a position of authority or having a, a position of control over other people. It's about having more of whatever it is that we think will make us happy. But a life in Christ is about servanthood and surrender and a posture of humility. It's really about understanding that less is more. In Christ, in Christ is where we find the fullness of God's love for us. In the world, we will never find that fullness of life. We'll never find the deepest longings of our hearts in the world because we're not created in the image of the world. We're created in the image of God. And it is only as we are being restored to the image of God that we experience in Christ. Christ is the the image of the invisible God. It's only as we're being restored into that image that we find the fullness of life that God intends for us, that we will find that satisfaction of being made whole, of being made right with God. The life of God in us as we abide in Christ, as we live in Christ, is the only way for us to have the life that we long for. It's, it's so hard for us to learn this, this lesson Right? We, we live, and it's because we live in the midst of the world. We live in the midst of the fallen and broken world. And we know that, that we're human beings. We know that we're lured by what the world promises will satisfy us. We live in, in, in the world that promises uh, a, a life of comfort, right? If you just do this, then you'll be comfortable. Or a life of ease, if you'll um, if you'll buy this house or this car, or if you'll get into this position, or if you'll achieve this success, then your life will be comfortable, and your life will be easy. But we all know too well that the ways of the world cannot protect us from the suffering and the pain of being a human The ways of the world cannot protect us from death. Today's Ash Wednesday. We are remembering our mortality, that we are created out of dust, and to dust we shall return. We're remembering that. And we are also recalling our humanity, that all of us fall short of what God intends for our lives. So on this day, we come and we remember that we're going to die. And we remember that in this world in which we are living, we're also going to fall short of who God intends us to be. And in the middle of that, finding a way to acknowledge that there is nothing we can do on our own power that changes any of that. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to make our life immortal. There's nothing that we can do to take away our sin or, or our 
Uh, one of the hymns is our bent to sinning, right? We just are, are pulled in that way because of our humanity. We're dust, and, and to dust we shall return, but there's a great space between those two dusts, right? Between the dust from which we came and the dust to which we return, there is this life that we have been given to live. Yes, we are dust, and, and, and when you think about that, it, it's uh, humbling, right? You're going to walk out of here today with the sign of dust and, and death and mortality on your forehead. To remember that is humbling when we go back out into the world. So yes, we're dust, and yes, it will end. And into that dust in the creation story, God breathed life. God breathed God's spirit into us, creating us, claiming us, loving us, sustaining us, redeeming us, filling us with an, an, a purpose for living out this life. Understanding that we are fallen and that we are sinful, and yet also providing always the way for us to be made new, to create in us a clean heart, to renew a right spirit within us, to restore us to the joy of salvation. One of, one of the great psalms of this season is Psalm 51 which helps us understand that, that we don't do this on our own power, and yet it's a necessary thing to give up control, to give up self in order to be made new. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. God is merciful out of God's steadfast love for us. God's not merciful because God feels sorry for us. God's merciful because God loves us. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Right, you already hear the surrender. It's not that I can wash myself from my, uh, cleanse me myself from my sin or wash myself from my iniquity. It's God who, who does this. For us, washing and cleansing, you desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in the secret heart. There's nothing from an external source that will provide the wisdom for us that we need to live into the fullness of life that God gives to us. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Now listen, we know that the, the result of this cleaning, right, is awesome, Right? The, the image of being clean, it's the being made clean. It's the process that is not so pleasant for most of us because of what builds up around us, because of the things that we hold on to that the world tells us we need to have in order to be who we are. Lent and this repentance and, and reflection, this season is about entering into that process of being made clean, being renewed. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. 
Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. You know, you know what? In order for a new and right spirit to be put in us, do you know what has to go? The old and not right spirit, right? You, you can't stuff more in unless there's stuff that you have given up. This is a process by which we are being made whole. The process of, of sanctification, the process of of being made perfect in love, we have to give up whatever gets in the way of God's sanctifying work in us, restoring us into that image in which we were created. So I wonder what you need to give up. What if, what if we gave up our need to be in control or our need to be right or our pride or being driven by our ego? What if we gave up the shame that tries to tell us that we are our mistakes, right? Guilt is one thing. If guilt moves us to repentance, to to letting God do the work of sanctification in us, that's one thing. But shame, shame is a whole other thing. Shame tries to tell us that we are what we do, that we are our mistakes. And that's not what God says. God says, you are my beloved child. I love you. God also says throughout Scripture, uh, I want you to live a certain way. I'm making you holy to be mine, to be set apart. So, yeah, there's things that I don't want you to do, right? There's boundaries. There's a way for you to walk in. But the mistakes that you make don't define who you are. I define who you are. You're my beloved child. So what, what would happen if we gave up shame? What, what if we gave up comparing our lives to the lives of other people? What if we gave up comparing our lives to the lives of other people and instead just held our life only in light of Christ's life in us? What if we gave up the idea that anything other than God can meet our deepest need? What if we gave up the idea that we are somehow beyond the reach of God's arms of love? That that somehow we're beyond redemption? That somehow we're too sinful to be forgiven? What if we gave that up? What if we gave up listening to what the world tells us? about who we are and who we're supposed to be. Those sound like big ideas and and great ideas. And and most of you, I think, would, would say, yeah, let's give those things up, right? But then pay attention to how you make decisions. Pay attention to how you interact with other people. Pay attention to what your own thoughts are about who you are and about who God is. When I suggest that we need to give these up, I'm not just saying that in theory. I'm suggesting we really need to give these things up and allow God 
to be at work creating a new heart within us, putting a new spirit within us. For so many of us, surrender and letting go sounds a lot like losing, right? But really, they're actually about accessing a deeper and broader sense of who we are, that we're already whole. We're already filled with abundant life. And what gets in the way are the things that we won't let go of. The new identity is the part within us that has already been loved completely and already knows how to love, but it's uncovering the gunk around it. All of us, all each of us has to do is is to surrender all. I mean, that's all we got to do, right? To surrender all and let go of those things and fall into the love of God. I, I think some of us are so worried that, that if we let go, will God really catch us? Will God really put a new and right spirit within me? To give up the things that get in the way of who we really are as God's beloved children makes room for us to be filled with all the fullness of God. Make no mistake that giving something up always leaves an empty space, and an empty space desires to be filled. So part of what we do is we give things up only to fill them with equally unhealthy things. We are to be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen to uh, Ephesians from chapter 3. This is from the message. My response is to get down on my knees. This is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. To get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. When we let go of these things and allow God to fill us with the fullness of God, then we are being made perfect in love. Then we are being restored into that image in which we are created. So it is giving up and letting God fill that space with love, with the Holy Spirit. Letting God fill us with the fullness of who God is. It's Ash Wednesday and it's Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is uh, about love the way the world sees it and expresses it. Ash Wednesday is about the love of God. The relentless, steadfast, merciful, limitless love of God. A love that invites us into this season of Lent. The season of reflection and repentance that leads us into a greater fullness of God within us. A season in which we offer our broken hearts and our broken lives to the only one whose love can make us whole. It is a season of fasting, of giving up, and a season of feasting, of being filled with. 
The call to this rhythm of fasting and feasting, of giving up and being filled with, isn't simply a way to cover up our anxiety about who we are as human beings and our fear about about what God might actually think of us. It really is about returning to God, who meets us in Jesus Christ and empowers us with the Holy Spirit, who offers us rest and grace and belovedness, who offers to fill us with the fullness of God, understanding that first we have to give it all up. I wonder what you need to give up today so that you can be filled with this fullness of God. As we close in prayer, I want to um, use a um, poem of sorts by William Arthur Ward. It's attributed to William Arthur Ward about fasting and feasting. And I'm going to use the word giving, give up and be filled with, but I invite you as you consider what it is that you need to give up to close your eyes and let this be our prayer today. Oh Lord, during this season, help us give up judging others and be filled with Christ dwelling in them. Help us give up emphasizing our differences and be filled with the unity of all life. Help us give up apparent darkness and be filled with the reality of your light. Help us give up words that pollute and be filled rather with phrases that purify and lift up. Help us to give up discontent and be filled with gratitude. Help us give up anger and be filled with patience. Help us to give up pessimism and be filled with optimism, to give up worry and be filled with trust, to give up complaining and be filled with appreciation, to give up negatives and be filled with affirmatives, to give up unrelenting pressures and be filled with unceasing prayer, to give up hostility and be filled with nonviolence, to give up bitterness and be filled with forgiveness, to give up self-concern and be filled with compassion for others, to give up personal anxiety and be filled with eternal truth, to give up discouragement and be filled with hope, to give up the facts that depress and to be filled with the truths that uplift, to give up suspicion and to be filled with truth, to give up thoughts that weaken and be filled with promises that inspire, to give up the shadows of sorrow and be filled with the sunlight of your serenity, to give up idle gossip and be filled with purposeful silence, to give up on the problems that overwhelm and to be filled with the prayer that undergirds. Gentle God, during this season of fasting and feasting, of giving up and being filled with, gift us with your presence so we can be a gift to others in carrying out your work in this world. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.